I think that's where I go back to that whole statement about time is money, especially for the MSPs and SMBs where like if, you know, the solution just works or if you can get an answer like right away, like they are your best friends and they're going to be loyal to you. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast, where we highlight and explore the views of thought leaders and organizations across the tech industry. We're presenting topics on leadership, sales, and trends from our perspective as individuals and, of course, as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Welcome back to Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Today, we have an amazing guest. Steve Stain is a Senior Director of Product Management at DNS Filter. Now, DNS Filter is redefining how organizations secure their largest threat vector, the internet itself. Now, they're driven to make the workplace safer and more productive. In fact, DNS Filter was named the Web Filtering and Control Solution of the Year. This is a Cybersecurity Breakthrough Award, and this is the second year in a row that they have won this award. It's the fastest DNS resolver in the world today. It does over 1 million queries every single second. Wow. Steve, he has extensive background. He has extensive experience in cybersecurity, but also leading and heading product management. And we're thrilled to dive into this world of DNS protection today. Steve, welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I appreciate it. It's a negative 12 here in the northern part of Wisconsin that I'm sitting in. So happy to be inside and uh, on the show. Steve, this is David. We're so glad to have you on. And I'm sorry and happy at the same time because we're experiencing some of that cold front down here where we are. But I know that there are those of you that love it like that. You wouldn't have it any other way. You just open up your door. You're taking out the, sl- the skis. You're going out. You're hitting the slopes. But look, at the end of the day, we're just glad to be able to get you here, pin you down, and have this conversation. But before we dive into DNS protection, DNS filter. Tell the listeners a little bit about your background and how you use your role to advance your mission at DNS filter. Yeah, definitely. Let me tell you a little bit about like my college matriculation. I thought that was a kind of an interesting thing where uh, when I got into college, I was looking for a job and I actually was cleaning dishes first before I saw an opening in the newspaper. They were looking for a systems person. And, uh, I jumped at the opportunity because cleaning dishes kind of sucked, but, you know, paid, paid the bills. But it opened up an opportunity for me to, like, learn, you know, what, uh, like, to run a newspaper organization, all the system aspects. And back then, you know, this is probably 25 years ago to date myself, but uh, anything that plugged into the wall was, you know, I was responsible for. And I had a mentor then, and, you know, there was Novell Systems. But what happened during that time is... There was the Code Red uh, virus came out, Ninda came out, and in 2002 was when the seven of the 13 root DNS servers got attacked. So that's when like everyone, you know, found out like, what is this DNS thing that's running the internet and was exposed to that. And then like during college was, you know, 2600 was pretty popular in the underground subculture and getting those magazines was fun to run into Barnes and Nobles and uh, see where they were stashing them. And also just being on call for like, you know, I got, for instance, one time got called by the uh, IT department for the college saying, hey, one of your servers is 
acting up and uh, turned out the appliance was infiltrated by a hacker and being used to uh, send out a, a ton of emails then uh, spamming people. And like, it wasn't something that was totally under, it was actually, uh, let me restate that, wasn't even anything under my control. It was this appliance that we bought and used, but they happened to have some uh, weaknesses. And like, I don't know, that got all my it really started my whole interest in the security world. And I remember asking my parents like, Hey, can you give me this hacking exposed book that I keep on seeing uh, for Christmas? And uh, got that, poured through that. And, uh, you know, that really started my my interest. And then I had some, I uh, started in a startup actually doing support. Uh, they were moving uh, files securely through the SSL uh, TLS via FTP um, also with SSH, it was a company called Standard Networks, and they made a product called Move It, which was actually in the news about a year ago because uh, some of uh, the uh, Russian hacking groups got into uh, the product itself, and uh, a lot of you know big enterprises were using it. But I I haven't worked there in you know over uh, seven years now, um, and that that company that uh, developed. Uh, move it got bought by a company called Ipswich. So I moved from like startup to like an enterprise, um, all in the cybersecurity realm. And I thought that was really interesting to kind of go from that, you know, small company to big company. And at that time, I also switched from like an engineering role because at, at Center Networks, I moved from support to quality assurance. Um, I also wore like a security hat, like at all startups, you wear a couple different hats. And um, then I went into like running uh, engineering teams. And then back then in probably like 2009, 2010, started learning about this thing called product management, which at that point was in its infancy. There wasn't a ton of information about it, but uh, Ben Horowitz had written a article, I think from, uh, from Netscape about good product manager, bad product manager, which was really interesting about focusing on customers and problems. And um I had a mentor at Ipswich that kind of directed me into that that role, and it's kind of you know been great for me. It's the intersection of business and engineering. Uh, it is always keeping my attention, and it's kind of where I sit today after you know all those years. I really it's what I've been passionate about. That's fantastic, and and talk about what you're doing now at Dina's Filter in terms of your role specifically with the company. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, I've got a, a small team, and we're leading a lot of the efforts in terms of understanding customer problems and needs, both you know, obviously existing customers and what they'd like to see in the product, but also you know, as the security market evolves and you know is always uh, evolving, like what those needs are around the corner that we could help address as well. So it's a lot of talking with customers, taking those conversations back to the organization. Um, and feeding them and looking at data as well and trying to marry the two and coming up with, you know, what could we help solve then going forward? This is Dave again, Steve. And before Dan gets in and start asking a bunch of questions, I, I want to get this out of the way. You, Dan mentioned at the very beginning in the introduction about your impact in the sector. I mean, DNS Filters won a lot of awards, you know, such as the Gardner Beer Insights Customer First Award, G2 2024 Leader, GT, G2 Best Usability, G2 Most Implementable Award. You guys have won a lot of awards. You guys have gotten some incredible recognition. Which of these awards do you feel most proud of as a product marketing director? 
it's hard to pick one. I mean, that's like asking to pick your favorite child and like having <laughs> kids I can do that. Although one of them makes my life easier. You know, the G2 stuff is great. And I think that's the one I, I, you know, would probably pick just because that's, you know, uh, for the most part crowdsourced and, you know, very authentic in terms of the commentary we get and hear from the customers, but really all of them. And I should say like, that is, uh, you know, I'm speaking about it, but it is a very much a team effort at DNS filter. And I think that's one of the things as, you know, uh, when, well, and maybe we'll get into that later, but, you know, when I was looking around to see what uh, companies I might be interested in joining, like there's a lot of great people in the CEO who started it too, Ken. I mean, like he had a great vision and I think that's what really propelled the company and allowed it to win a lot of those awards. Cause a lot of the essence when Ken started the company exists today and it's a really around simplicity, easy use and speed. And that's what has been our hallmark. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Are you an MSP looking to strengthen the relationships that you have with your clients? Look to reinforce your value by maximizing your QBRs. Simplify the approach by turning any account manager into a virtual CIO with a humanized IT framework. Visit humanizeit.biz and start to create genuine human connections through better conversations rather than just presentations. Humanize IT. Are you someone who dreads public speaking? Does the mere thought of getting up in front of a crowd make you break out in a cold sweat? Well, fear no further because there's a solution that can help you overcome your fear and master the art of public speaking. Introducing our book, Talk It Up a guide to successful public speaking. This comprehensive guide is perfect for anyone of any age in any profession if they want to improve the public speaking skills. Whether it's for a work presentation, a conference, a job interview, giving a toast at a wedding, or even a TED Talk. With Talk It Up, you'll learn how to craft and deliver a powerful speech that engages your audience and leaves a lasting impression. You'll discover techniques for controlling your nerves, protecting your idea, projecting your voice, using your body language, all to keep your audience engaged. Plus you get tips on everything from creating an outline to using visual aids to managing a Q&A session. Imagine being able to speak confidently and being able to captivate your audience. With Talk It Up, you can become a skilled public speaker in no time. 
And the best part, it's available on Amazon. So you can start reading today and take your first steps to become a confident public speaker. Don't let your fear of public speaking hold you back any longer. Order your copy of Talk It Up today and start speaking with confidence. This is Danny, and I'm glad to hear that. It, it seems to me that the the culture that was built from the very beginning is still going on strong today, and that's good to hear. That sometimes when a company gets bigger and bigger, they can tend to lose their identity of what made them great in the beginning in order to try to scale so quickly that they forget about why the why was there. We talk about what is your why, and the why still seems to be very strong, which is amazing. Now. Yes. Steve, with your, with your vast experience in this area of product management, as well as your background in cybersecurity and melding two together, I think that was the reason why you're really the perfect guest to talk about this DNS protection and why today it's much more of a fascinating topic than ever before. And let's talk about beginning at the roots. Share the insights, as you talked about earlier, with your owner starting the company, creating that right culture. How was the company started in the beginning because you guys were also an MSP and that's, and we'll get into that <laughs> later on about why that was important, but talk a little bit about the beginnings of DNS filter and how does it really work and how has it transformed transform this landscape? I know there's a very broad question, but I'm trying to get to the culture of the your founder and how he began the organization, why it's still so strong today. Yeah. And I think that's a, it's a great story. And you know, and I think it was in 2015 was when Cisco ultimately acquired OpenDNS and kind of like started down this whole path of Ken, you know, running the MSP and, you know, seeing that happen and then almost, you know, immediately getting a, a increase in billing while like the product he was asking, you know, what more am I going to get out of this? And I think that really upset him as you would think any MSP owner to get uh, prices jacked up on you and that you're not getting anything for it or seeing anything coming on the horizon at least. And at the same year, I think that's when Ken decided, you know what, I can create something just as powerful and it'll be a, a competitor ultimately of open DNS. And at that point, there wasn't really anything out there. And I think Ken also had the foresight or insight to really see like, you know, one of the things he didn't like about the, the or what was then the open DNS product and emphasize emphasis on the user experience and, and the fastest resolution that was possible. Cause he knows, you know, as being an MSP, the pain it was when things were slow or weren't working and also just you know, from his standpoint, there was the servicing the customers, but also the administration piece, like running an MSP, you also want to, you know, I hear from MSP owners all the time, like time is money. So if you can simplify my life or reduce the time I spend on things, like it's so much, you know, there's so much more loyal to the company than if you're able to do that and create stability. And I think that's what, you know, Ken being a person who ran an MSP, like he had all that insight and experience to bring into and in starting DNS filter ultimately with all that, like really focusing on those pain points, which, you know, as a 
product manager, like those are the things you want to focus on. So, you know, lo and behold, here we are now, um, eight years or nine years later, boy, it's 2024. Yeah. And uh, the company's doing great, continue to grow. And like when you, now when people think about the big dog in the room, which is Cisco Umbrella, in the same breath, people are saying, hey, have you looked at that other one, DNS filter and come a long way? This is David, Steve, and I appreciate you sharing about the story. And so many incredible organizations begin because they saw a challenge that was in the sector or the space. They saw a need. But what's more interesting is how Ken said, look, this is a personal experience that I've had. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, there's got to be something better. There's got to be something faster. There's got to be something right. to alleviate what I'm feeling, because if I'm feeling this, I'm sure other MSPs are feeling this. And yeah. thus the birth of DNS filter. I appreciate you sharing that. So I want to ask you this, Steve, just to be able to jump into a little bit about your background and how DNS filter works. How has the integration or introduction of AI machine learning influenced DNS protection? Are there any specific use cases or stories you might want to share to reflect the effectiveness of DNS filter and what you're doing to address that? Yeah, I think, um, and that's, you know, still relatively new in the whole scheme of things, but a DNS filter purchased a company called uh, Web Shrinker in 2018 to help with the categorization and also had an AI piece. But, and really that allowed us to catch things earlier. And we had done a benchmark where we saw we were finding competitor, competitors threats about seven days earlier. Now, fast forward to you know where we sit today, I think ML is really all the rage. And you know thinking about the DNS protection solutions of you know, a couple of years ago, a lot of the things were based on lists. There's all these feeds out there that can give you, lit, you know, a list of domains that are malicious or uh, scams. Um, so everything was very static and you had to wait till the feed owner updated the list. And then you, you know, entered ML and you can kind of look at data then and make some assumptions and maybe do some scoring. And I think that's where things have evolved to and innovated and that's where dns filter like that's our that's our special sauce at the end of the day is that ml piece where we're focusing you know you need to have both at the end of the day really you need to have some of the the list uh, capability but the ml piece is what we're finding it is detecting the threats and now with our latest iteration of this uh, feature we're calling malicious domain protection we're able to catch things 10 days faster and it's looking at the domain and looking at characteristics of the domain to make a score. And based on that threshold, we'll mark it as malicious. And I think you'll just, over time, you know, the companies that, you know, continue to innovate will be using, you know, data ultimately to detect things uh, sooner and, you know, faster and faster ultimately. And that also, like, that all sounds good, but I would say the, you know, the thing that's unique about us is the false positives because there's nothing going back to that MSP owner. There's nothing more annoying or frustrating when you have to constantly administer the product and set up whitelist or allow. And that's where we pride ourselves on is like our very low false positive rate where we're like, you know, not only refining stuff fast, the efficacy is there too. And not all, you know, the vendors as of today, you know, really can, can say those things bring it all together. 
Dave, you said something very interesting. You said secret sauce. We are in Austin, Texas, <laughs> and the debate could be sauce, no sauce. And we're like, no sauce here, baby. No sauce here needed. But 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 when you get that one type of sauce that you just know, it makes all the difference. You said this is our secret sauce. Look, there are a lot of other companies out there that could do this. But there are things that we can claim and things that we show. And one of our specialties is around ML. And people understand, hey, if I've got that challenge, if I've got that going on in my organization, hey, I want to go to the company that says this is, the, this is what they do. This is what makes them special. So I appreciate you sharing that. I, I want to touch on something real, real quick here in terms of the size of organizations, if that really matters. You know, you talk about SMBs or large enterprises. Does your approach differ at all when it comes to working with companies or organizations of various sizes? Or how do you look at that? Yeah, we do. And um, I would say for um, it is different. And for MSPs and, you know, for MSPs and MSBs, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with transparency and, you know, a, a, a true partnership. And I could say the same of enterprises, but I think it's just it's really important for MSPs that they trust and they have confidence in what they're going to be using because, at the end of the day, it's their name typically on uh, the invoice, and they're the ones who are going to have to take the call at you know three in the morning. So you know, I think the the biggest thing we've done, and again, Ken ran an MSP, so he knows what it's like. Is we're very transparent in everything we do. Um, we have a external uh, feature request system where people can submit requests. They can also see where things are tracking on the roadmap, make comments, and that's like as product managers, that's a great tool because then you have a wealth of knowledge out there, but there's also transparency in terms of like what we're working on, what we aren't working on and, and gaining all that feedback. We also try to help empower the MSPs. We've got some training, uh, a portal with some additional training in terms of how to sell. Because, you know, a lot of MSPs, they, you know, they're very technical. There's some of the you know smartest technical people I uh, have the luxury of talking to at shows. They need help on the business side. I mean, I think, you know, not everyone could do you know, it's going to be great at everything. And that's where you know, we've tried to partner with them and understand their needs and bring those to the table. Now, enterprises, I mean, uh, they're a different animal in my mind where they very much are, you know, uh, you've got a large series of stakeholders who want to make sure everything plays nice together. Yes, they do want that partnership, but they want to make sure they're not going to rock the boat at the end of the day either. And it's an extremely stable solution. So they're going to be probably longer in terms of that that deal and trying to figure out and and you know doing a proof of concept and making sure everything works and then pull the trigger where I think MSPs and SMBs are a little more partnership focused. And I should say like I didn't answer it the last one and now I re remember you talked about success cases. Like that's a big thing with customers like it's almost like the you know Unix commands you, you put something in and you know it worked if it didn't you know, bark back at you. Um, it just succeeded. So, you know, that's typically uh, how we know <laughs> things are working, but I do reach out to customers and they do reach out to us. They're like, you know, we've had, uh, you know, someone had a, an attack where they're like, no, none of the other products caught up, but you guys, uh, which is kind of amazing. Cause you know, we're part of a stack typically, whether, you know, MDR, EDR, uh, us, but we're typically a part of a layered uh, security solution. So it's great to hear kind of that feedback. And then also like, like going, harking back to the, uh, the ML solution, you know, one of the things we also do, will like pause users in real time. If it's something, if it's a domain or website we haven't seen before, 
scan it in real time and then make a decision whether we're going to block it or not. And that's, you know, really stops some malicious activity as well that we've seen and heard from customers. But that's a, you know, like even from my parents, like people are clicking on everything these days. It's hard not to, there's the psychology of it. So, you know, the, that's where I think we really shine is anything that gets clicked on is going to go through DNS and we can basically look at that and see if it's malicious or not. This is Danny and Steve, I appreciate you talking about the small and enterprise. So many times we think that it's the same approach. It's the same thing. No, there's, there's the way I look at it is everyone has a different methodology and have a different need system and supporting a large enterprise could be a little bit different than supporting small. And I appreciate you breaking down the difference. Now, when it comes to working with small businesses, and we talk about how DNS filter used to be an, an, an MSP. And so you guys understand the MSPs so well inside and out. I'm sure MSPs ask you certain questions uh, that are just like repeatable questions asked all the time. They, they're probably asking you, what type of uh, reporting, what type of reporting do you guys provide? They're probably also asking, <laughs> hey, how easy it is, is it to configure DNS filters? So what do you what do you say when MSPs ask you that? And, and I think the reason why they're asking is because, look, their their job is very complex as it, as enough as it is. But at the same time, what can I do to stay quick on my feet to continue to go out and uh, add new clients, take care of my existing clients, but not have a product that's going to be so overwhelmingly consuming that I can't keep up. And so they're always going to ask you probably these two questions, and I hear it all the time. What kind of reporting do you have? And then how easy is it for me to configure it? Yeah, I think, the, you know, it's funny. Uh, you're absolutely right. And I would all, I would also add support too. What's your support like? Kind of to the, but it's more about the, like, kind of your point on the administration and understanding how that works. Um, yes. So we get those all the time. And that's where, you know, um, it's interesting that we do a customer advisory board, again, with the whole transparency thing, we want to, you know, we meet quarterly and understand from our customers, share our roadmap, and we can get some live feedback. But one of the things uh, the customer advisory board brought up last time is like a third of your value is that reporting, like getting all that insights with the, the DNS queries, seeing what's coming through. So people really like that. They like that ability. And obviously for SMBs or MSPs who need to show that value to their end customers, they want to be able to provide that. So we do some uh, white labeling with those reports so they can share those with their clients to kind of see like the the bad stuff that is ultimately getting uh, blocked so their organizations are being protected ultimately. On the administration side, I mean, that's where I think we really shine where, you know, you can you could set up the product in five minutes. I mean, you download the trial, you put in the IP address, our resolver, you set up your policy and you're done and ready to go. And I think that's where, when I talk to customers who have switched from like Cisco or uh, Umbrella, that's a lot of the commentary we get is just the, the ease of the experience. We don't have, like, we definitely don't have every capability Cisco does, but I think that's where like uh, in product management, you need to recognize like what's valuable and sometimes actually remove things that aren't valuable instead of just keeping it. And I think we have everything you need and nothing you don't, which is great. And a lot of the customers who have switched have recognized that piece in terms of the user experience where it's, it's faster and they're able to configure things and not have to spend so much time on it or spend time on support, which is where, you know, I think as you know, where we sit today with DNS filter, that's where we really shine where I hear a lot of feedback about the poor support experience from Umbrella or Cisco in, in and of itself. And like even at Ipswich, 
when I worked there, we had a, a What's Up Gold product line. And it was kind of the same story where the, the support at Cisco was just awful. And uh, we heard that from a lot of customers that were switching. And I think that's where I go back to that whole statement about time is money, especially for the MSB, MSPs and SMBs where like if you know the solution just works or if you can get an answer like right away, like they are your best friends and they're going to be loyal to you. And like, that's what we really you know, want to aim for. And like, even internally in the culture, there's a lot of, you know, one of our values is strive to be the best. And we're always trying to like, um, you know, motivate folks to uh, push themselves a little and like, you know, how can we make this just a little bit better? And I think that's the, you know, a lot of the essence that goes into the product, but also it came from the culture within the company. Steve, this is Danny. And I appreciate you talking about that. You also brought it right back to the culture, which is so amazing. And you address the, the gorilla in the room, which is basically, hey, Cisco, they may have all these portions of the product, these special buttons and features, but what you guys do and you do it so well and the support that you provide is so excellent. This is the reason why MSPs stick with you, which is great, which is phenomenal, which is amazing. And that's why I think it's so important for our audience to understand. Look, it's not just about adding all the bells and whistles. Right. You need to ask yourself, what does the MSP community need? And when you go on, you, you're part of the community, you're with the community, you understand the community because you used to be part of the community when you were an MSP, then you're willing to, you're able to listen to what the community needs and you're able to address those and build those into the roadmap rather than just add a whole bunch of features and functions that may sound cool, but no one's going to need it. No one needs to use it. So this is one of the reasons why your organization stands out above and beyond that everyone really loves to hear about. Now, before we get into a little bit more further, I want to ask a real quick question. And, you know, it's it's something that I think everyone needs to understand. What's exciting for you? I know that you got this background, <laughs> you um, uh, love cybersecurity, love product management, but what is exciting to you when it comes to this space? That You talked about the AI uh, integration, you talked about the acquisition, all sorts of things are just happening so quickly. But for you, what what gets you smiling all the time? What's exciting for you? For me, you know, uh, go back to product management, but like when you have done your research, uh, developed a feature and there's always give and take with, with engineering and development and that's what, that, that's what makes it great. And then you get that feature out there and see customers use it and you reach out and you get that feedback like, hey, that helped me or that blocked some malicious traffic. I mean, that's what really, like if you would ask me five years ago, I just love putting product out. Like that is like, the essence of, you know, what, like that'll carry me for a month if we got a release out that was well adopted by the customers. Now I'm a little more strategic in terms of like, there, there was the, the usage, there was a good uptick on that feature. And part of that is like, we have a lot more data now available, but also that that feature helped block some malicious traffic. And again, like we're about protecting, you know, the internet or people from, you know, any sort of malicious activity on the internet. And I love seeing that we're able to do that with more efficacy, especially with like, you know, the, the annual security report we did, we just saw a number of rising trends where it was like malware detection or from our detection capabilities, malware was up 32%, phishing was up a hundred percent from the previous year. And then, um, like there's this whole you know, registering domains to be used in future um, scams or attacks. And we saw like these new domains that were registered 
um, from these like bad actors ultimately being up almost a thousand percent. So you see all that. And then it's obvious that like people are just going to be inundated with more malicious phishing sites. And like, we've, we've come to the conclusion that it's basically folks are seeing at least, you know, five malicious domains, you know, whether it's direct or indirect a, a day um, as they're working. And I think that's just, you know, incredible. Like just thinking about, you know, my, I have, just bringing it back to when I first started in college, like people were doing some of the stuff like the NIMDA and Code Red for fun to take down systems. Now it's a business model. Like how the security landscape has evolved in 20 years from like this fun little hobby, like we're going to take down stuff to there are organized business models for a lot of the things that we're protecting against. And it's, it's, it's a fight every day. So I don't know, for me, it's been very interesting and like that, just seeing that evolution and seeing the cybersecurity like community, um, you know, grow and evolve to protect all that has been very cool and great to be a part of it really is what it comes down to. This is David, Steven. That's awesome. It's apparent that you are passionate about this and that this gets you excited. And for me, part of having great success as a leader, someone, especially in your role, is being able to show that enthusiasm and that passion can be very infectious. I, I appreciate you doing that. Now, DNS Filter, you work with more than 2,500 MSPs around the world. And as you stated before, because of your background as MSP, because of what your owner and the team understands about the pains, the pain points and the challenges, you've been able to provide solution sets that in many ways address those biggest issues. Uh, can you talk about the partner programs and how that been, that's been so successful and why the MSP community as a whole should look at DNS filter as a valuable partner in terms of their ability to bring the best solution sets to their clients. Because we know now that partnerships, if you leverage them the right way, can be successful for all parties involved. Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes down to like, you know, to say it again, Ken ran an MSP, continues to run an MSP and knows like, you know, there's a lot to running an MSP and creating partner programs that both, you know, give value and enable you to be successful. And I think that is what um, we've ultimately created to bring MSPs um, to us who are interested. And we, we've, we've tried to make it as simple and straightforward as possible. You can fill out the application online and, um, you know, we go very quick to get approved. And then you can set up and be on your way with the trial and, you know, you could see we very much like to have MSPs see for themselves and yeah. you know what the experience is like with the product. But we also recognize like Reddit is a very like interesting community and there's a lot of you know people, there's a the MSP subreddit, um, which we're also very active on, but that is where people get a lot of their information and want to know like in real time, like what do you think of X, Y, and Z vendor? And like that's where I go back to we are. You know, we want to be very responsive, we want to be seen, and we want to be transparent um, with everything we're working on. And I think that's where, you know, the partner program that uh, my good buddy, Mikey Pruitt, he's the MSP evangelist here at DNS Filter. I should give him a shout out. I've had the pleasure of working with him. He's worked here almost as, you know, uh, since the company was founded. But he also um, is uh, someone who's helped Ken uh, at the MSP, and he's the one who is really you know, working in those communities, making sure their answers, whether it be on MSP Geek or Reddit, 
or you name it, get answers as quick as possible. And sometimes, you know, we don't have the answer and, you know, just being upfront and honest with that, because I think even like from my prior experience, like MSPs, it's not so much the, you know, they, they want the right, you know, the, the perfect answer. They just need to know because they have other plans or other things in place that they have to time for or have timelines for, and they just need the honest answer at the end of the day. And I think that's where, you know, at, in, as we're building a lot out um, that we're focused on, um, that partner program is a big piece of that. So a lot of good stuff. And we're, we're kind of always adding to it based on the feedback from our partners as well. We'll be right back after this short break. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Are you an MSP looking to strengthen the relationships that you have with your clients? Look to reinforce your value by maximizing your QBRs. Simplify the approach by turning any account manager into a virtual CIO with the Humanize IT framework. Visit humanizeit.biz and start to create genuine human connections through better conversations rather than just presentations. Humanize IT. Are you tired of struggling to keep your team motivated and engaged? Do you wish there was an easier way to develop your employee skills and build a high-performing team? Well, look no further than Mercury Learning Library and Coaching. If you're a tech company that values happy, high-performing teams and leaders, Mercury is the solution you've been looking for. You'll have access to online training, bi-weekly group coaching to power up your employees, their skills, their leadership skills, their sales, and public speaking. And for CEOs and business owners, we have an offer exclusive just for you. It is a training track to help you lead your company to success. Here's the thing. Your employees want to grow and develop. They want to be motivated and engaged at work, but it's not always easy to know where to start. That's where Mercury comes in. We provide specific development tracks for managers, employees, and HR leaders to help them achieve their goals and reach their full potential. Hey everybody, I'm Christina and I'm a brand and image strategist where we consult you on how you're coming across, how your total brand, um, social media, the way you speak, the way you look, the way uh, your website looks, and it's all important in encompassing especially effective communication. So I have a book that I'd like to recommend. This book called, called Talk It Up by David and Danny Sue Brown does exactly that. It goes step by step and it tells you exactly what you need to know. It is very easy to follow. It will boost your confidence. It will help you communicate effectively to your audience. Fantastic. It's Steve, this is Dave again. Speaking of partnerships, DNS Felter was a sponsor at ConnectWise IT Nation recently. <laughs> and you guys, I'll tell you, 
when you talk about 8,000 people running through those halls, you're stopping by different vendors and different booths. You had to stop by yours. Why? Because yeah. you guys are partnered with the Andretti race team. Last year, you developed this official partnership with Andretti Autosport. And, and I guess there's a way I want to look at this and share this and have you kind of touch on this. When you talk about the partnership with one of the fastest, when you think about race cars, when you think about brand names, Andretti family name, and you say, look, we're going to partner with them because we ourselves believe that we value speed and delivering for our clients. And that's what you guys have done. So I've got to ask you about how that marriage came together and what you're looking at in terms of the conferences in 2024, where you will be at, because I, that partnership to me was awesome. I just love seeing the race car. Like, how did you get this in the hall? I had to just Stop by and check you guys out. But I love how you talked about that partnership. But talk about where you're going to be. Maybe touch on that partnership a little bit for 2024. Yeah, so we're definitely going to renew that with Andretti. I mean, I think that, you know, I even had friends who were watching TV and they'd, they'd see the car um, in one of the races and like see the logo and be like, don't you work here? And so I, I think that was a idea from the, the marketing team. But also Ken's a big uh, you know, a race car fan, F1, um, as well as kind of the indie series. And um, that partnership, I think, was a an idea that, you know, we we wanted to test out. And that's another great thing with DNS Filter. Like there's a lot, and I mentioned about like kind of raising the bar a little bit. We're always trying to test things out and see if they work. And you know, that was one that we would consider successful where, you know, we got a lot of good brand recognition and, you know, for us who were competing against the big gorilla in the room, Cisco, who like everyone, that's a, you know, pretty common familiar name. It's been a little bit difficult for us to get that brand out there and recognize where, you know, that sponsorship really helped. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been great going to all the events in 2023 and just seeing everyone kind of you know, stop and take a look at the car, um, especially at ConnectWise. And it's brought a lot of attention to us. But I would say, you know, the the MSPs too also, you know, even at ConnectWise, I heard it quite a bit, like they kind of already knew about us. And I think part of it was um, Cisco End of Life, their, their umbrella roaming client. And like that caused a lot of people who were, you know, Cisco users, even, you know, potentially open DNS users from prior to 2015 to go, well, crap, I got to do a bunch of work. You know, if I, you know, I should probably take around and take a look around and see, you know, what else is available to me that, you know, either is going to save me time, save me money. And, you know, obviously the, you know, the space has evolved. So people had started, you know, that was between the car and hearing about the uh, Cisco end of life, like at ConnectWise, we had a lot of attention, a lot of eyes, and it was pretty uh, incredible. And it's, far as going into 2024, I mean, we're going to continue that um, sponsorship. And as far as shows, I could probably follow up and give you, you know, the full list, but definitely RSA, Black Hat, ConnectWise, and um, the PAX 8 show. We did um, uh, the big Robin Robbins show in Nashville as well last year, which I believe we're looking to do uh this year as well and i know there's an msp show coming up in march which i'm failing on the name and someone's gonna really be mad at me for not remembering but uh i could finally follow up with that that will be a part of but like that's another thing where you know i uh just talking with ken it was interesting like the ascii shows those very small events that are very intimate like he was the one you know getting you know his bags with all the with all the stuff for the show um to set up 
and all the you know pamphlets and everything he was the one back in the day like going from show to show with the bags of stuff and setting it all up and talking to customers and like that um you know as a product manager you really appreciate that because when you go to a show you you got an opportunity to talk to like you know 50 of you know your customers or a mix of customers and prospects who've been looking at you and learn quite a bit in a very short amount of time and you know really have some some great engagement and that's what i you know, really appreciate about that and i think it is is pretty cool as we enter uh, 2024 awesome this is danny and it sounds to me that the growth has continued to go. The scaling of your organization has continued to scale. The enthusiasm to continue to hit all the shows is still there. And the ability to go fast, it doesn't have to necessarily be in a race car, but the ability to go fast <laughs> has been sustainable. We'll have to remind David to send you our, our perspectives for our conference as well, and as well as sponsoring our podcast and our end of year event. But I will tell you, our end of year event also has something to do with cold plunging. So where Ooh. you live up north is exciting because we're going to have executives do the cold plunge here as well. And we're really looking forward to seeing a lot of these executives overcome that mindset of one <laughs> of saying, look, I, I can run my business, million dollar business, but I got to get over that mindset of getting into the code. It's going to be exciting as we bring yeah. in our mindset coaches, we bring in the uh, two uh, executive coaches, a, a PhD medical doctor that comes in, we'll talk about that class as well. But I want to ask this very fun question because uh, not only being on our podcast, but the fact that you are an avid podcast listener. And I want the audience to know that it's not just on the road. It's not just doing a lot of uh, product management work. It's not just talking to MSPs all day long. Uh, it's not even doing cold plunging, but uh, which is something you don't have to worry about being up north. <laughs> what, what, what are you doing to continue to enhance your learning? What type of podcasts are you listening to every day? Uh, as you mentioned in the very beginning, how you're excited about listening to even more podcasts. But what type of podcasts are you listening to today in order to take your brain off of work? But maybe it's also podcasts or some type of learning that can actually help you in your career as well. What, what, what's, what's keeping you every day? Yeah. And like the whole, uh, I've been kind of amazed by podcasts because I remember, I don't know, 10 years ago, obviously they were out and, you know, they were interesting in, in forms of communication, but like, as far as content, it just seems so much richer now uh, with what people are putting out. And I've been very impressed by it. Um, and like, that is my main form of, of learning right now in a lot of different areas. But I would say like, you know, I used to enjoy some of the, the the crime series, like Serial was awesome. I used to listen to like, you know, uh, This American Life, uh, which I always thought was a interesting show as well that I never could listen to live. But lately, it's kind of been more, you know, there's a lot of uh, product management podcasts that did not exist a couple of years ago by, you know, various folks that have been in the industry for quite a bit. And... I've really enjoyed those. And that's kind of helped me like keep on top of trends where like, there's always information you could be going out to get, but it's kind of like this, where they have, you know, uh, industry experts on that are talking about it and you learn like little nuggets of information. And that's been great as well as kind of the security. Now the security, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Um, and I kind of, yeah, my, my wife, you know, I drive her nuts, but I'm always tinkering and I'm kind of always searching for like, what's good and what's, what's not good. Um, but I also like just outside of work, I, I like to listen to like some health stuff. I've been, you know, as I've gotten older, I've tried to figure out how to like, you know, maintain this, you know, uh, balance of, you know, being healthy while also 
you know, obviously being connected and, uh, you know, working. And I like some of the, like, uh, was it PRT is the drive and some of that stuff that's looking on, you know, just, you know, more healthy living habits. But um, I just, the, <laughs> I try to go on like Spotify or Apple podcasts, see what some of the top podcasts are, give them a whirl. And um, it's just, to me, it's evolved quite a bit um, over the years. That's fantastic. And I want to encourage your audience to do the same thing. You know, you can be wrapped up in work or you can be wrapped up in certain things, but open up your mind. There's a whole new world out there. And if that mind can actually give your brain a mental break so that you come back to work or you come back to your business and you have that much more enthusiasm, your brain is that much more refreshed. Maybe you are having a problem that you're trying to figure out how to solve and you just couldn't figure it out. But taking your brain off of the work it allowed you to come back and now you thought outside of the box and you're able to figure out how to solve that problem. I want to encourage you guys, try it out. Uh, go on the Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts, whatever you like to do, and, and just pick something. Pick something fun. And what you realize is that not only will you learn, but your brain will get excited about what's happening outside of work, that you have a refreshness that you need in order to get back to work. For me, it's definitely a lot of podcasts, a lot of audiobooks. It's a lot of physical books. I'm actually reading a book uh, from my friend Bruce Scher just sent over to me that he just wrote as well. And I'm really, really excited because I in just one day I've read almost the whole book. I was really excited about his book. Now, if anyone in the audience would like to learn more about the fast going to market real quickly about uh, the Andretti, the, the, the fast cars, you're going to see it in action. Come out to IT Nation. Come out to these big events, the Rubber Robins that Steve's talked about. Maybe you might get a chance to take a picture next to that vehicle because it's a very <laughs> fast, amazing vehicle. But if you want to find out more about uh, DNS Filter, go to dnsfilter.com. What an interesting way to be able to just take the name and own it, which is yes. amazing. If I see that or umbrella, I'm going to definitely remember DNS Filter. And not only that, if you want to find out more and you have questions that maybe we didn't get to today, you can reach out to Steve on LinkedIn. And it's going to be linkedin.com slash IN slash S-S-T-A-E-D-E-N. So make sure you do that. And of course, we want to make sure that you take advantage of Steve's offer today, which is basically the CIS checklist and the annual security report. He'll give you those at no additional cost. You can look at it and learn from it. And the reason why you need to learn from it because it gives you more insights on how you can help your clients. And finally, if you're an MSP, they have an amazing MSP program. One, because the owner used to be an MSP, and they really want to cater and make sure MSPs know as much as possible and then will support the MSPs. So reach out to Steve. Like I said, great opportunity. Steve, thank you so very much for joining David and myself on the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast. We appreciate having you here all the way up north, and we hope that you stay warm. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Please subscribe, download, and share this program. Learn about sponsorship opportunities and become featured on our program. Follow us on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Be sure to also give our other program, Twins Talk It Up, a listen as well. We will see you next time in the next episode of Twins Talk Tech Leadership.